So go with me to Joshua chapter 5 and jump down to verse 10. Joshua 5 and 10. And when you get there, say amen. 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 Now I need to make sure your mouths work, okay? So everybody say amen real quick. Amen. Good. So we need some different energy in here. You guys are just like too cool. Yeah. Broncos don't play till what, next week or something like that? Yeah. So you have time, okay? Hey, Dayron, stand up real quick. Okay. Yeah, you can sit down. Yeah. You can sit down now. You can sit down. You can sit down. Sit down. Hurry up, man. I got to preach. Yeah, sit down. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> just real quick. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. Joshua. <laughs> I got my patriarch friend right there. <laughs> Amen. Joshua chapter 5, verse 10. It begins by saying this. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal, on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land and there was no longer any manna for the Israelites but that year they ate the produce of the land verse 12 says the manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land and there was no longer any manna for the Israelites but that year they ate the produce of the land before I pray um, let me couple of caveats. I'm not a prosperity preacher, not a faith preacher. I'm a Bible preacher. Um, and I try to always be sensitive to what God is saying. And the Lord is just laying on my heart to say to you before I even go into the word uh, this morning, that if this congregation would just listen intently to what God would say to you through the teachings that he have this year, your life will change. Your situation will change. Your circumstance will change. Are you with me? I mean, after all, we are the people of God. But, but we have to listen to what God is saying. And then most importantly, put into practice what you're going to hear. Are you with me? I mean, I need you all to hear my heart and hear my spirit. I love you to death. And I really spend a lot of time praying and seeking the heart of God on where he wants to take this church. And, and when I say to you, the season of more than enough, I'm not telling you, uh, and you're going to see this in a little while, and we're going to spend some time here to go and just pray and believe God for. I'm going to use the word partner with God in. I want you all to hear what I'm saying, okay? Because a whole lot of folk have been praying for a long, long, long time, and nothing has happened yet. Prayer mixed with faith. It's a proactive stance. Very, very important. Very, very important. So we'll be teaching some things, and today I'm going to begin just to lay some foundation so we can hear. So I'm praying that you would hear me, hear any person on the preaching team that stands before you uh, this upcoming year, that as we share as a team, that we're going to be giving you practical stuff to do to change your life. Amen? Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, this year, you are going to enter... The season of more than enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Come on, tell the other neighbor. Say other neighbor. Come on, say it right. Say other neighbor. This year, 
you are going to enter the season of more than enough. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give God a hand praise, yeah. Give God, give God. Father God, as we open our hearts to hear from you, as we go to your word this morning, I'm praying that Felix will continually move out the ways so the Holy Spirit we can hear from you. God, bring to remembrance the things that were deposited this week so we can just equip these saints, Lord, to go forth and just live in power and might and be all that you would have us to be. So we love you. We bless you, we praise you, we thank you, we worship, and we adore you, Lord. It is in your name we pray. We bless you, we worship your name. Come on, say amen. I'm going to say it again, say amen. Amen. Now, I don't know, I don't know about you, um, but I'm tired, I'm tired of living with just enough. Or maybe y'all like being in that state. Come on, come on, say amen. I mean, I'm tired of, of <laughs> let me not even say just enough, not having enough. Okay, and, and, and if, I, if I were to, to blame um, anything on my personal predicament, I have to take ownership for it. I can't blame the enemy. I can't blame no one else. I have to own where I find myself. Let's start there. Are you with me? And, and I want us to be honest with ourselves because where we are today is indicative of our own management of what God has entrusted us with, okay? Our own drive, our own fortitude, our own everything. And let me attach to this, our own obedience to the word of the Lord. I say to myself all the time, I'm 25 right now, and uh, last week I was 22. Um, but <laughs> no, but, but, but if I today had learned to live on the salary I made at the age of 25 when I first entered the corporate world, where would I be financially today? Are you with me? Katani and I kick ourselves all the time. We travel a lot to the Caribbean um, to unplug, and, and we've been doing this for about 30 years now, and we were just saying yesterday as we are kind of planning another trip, imagine if we had bought a home on the beach 30 years ago, as opposed to all the fancy cars that we bought. Pray for her, amen, pray for her. <laughs> but you guys get the feel, right? Imagine, 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 imagine where we, where we have been today in our own personal life. But we want to turn that thing around. It's never too late. Someone always says to me, it's never too late. I think we can get to where God would have us to go. Uh, as we look at the text that's in front of us today, this is the same predicament that the Israelites found themselves in, okay? Um, Forty years prior to the time of the text that's in front of us today, these same people were positioned right on the horizon and right on the bank of them entering this place that God has been promising them for over 400 years. And then at some point in time, God raised up Moses and sent Moses to say to him, to go to Pharaoh and say to him, let God's people go that they may serve him. And Moses led the Israelites on a wilderness expedition to take them to their place of promise. They made it to the brink of this place of promise where God had said he was going to bless them. He was going to prosper them. Um, land flung with milk and honey. Uh, you, you guys know the story quite well. Grapes the size of pomegranates. Just tremendous thing that God wanted to do for them. They get at the brink of the place of blessing and 
saw what God really wanted to do, came out, disobeyed God, and found himself wandering for 40 years in the wilderness because of disobedience. 40 years. Come on, say amen. 40 years. I want a wilderness because of disobedience. So now, here we are now at the point or the entry point of our text, and 40 years of wandering is over, and now God is about to give them a second chance to obey him again and receive the blessing that he has in store for them. Anybody in here want to thank God for second chances? Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's about to bless them again. And as he's about to bless them again, the text opens up by saying that they had wandered for 40 years at Kadesh Barnea and they got themselves in this place called Gilgal. And when we get to the point of the text, the Israelites had just crossed the Jordan. And the Jordan then was an entity that symbolized the one last remaining barrier that stood between these Israelites and them inheriting their land of promise. So here it was, they crossed the Jordan, and now they're sitting about to make their entry into this place that God had spoke about and that God has promised them to do. But now prior to them going in, there's some specific instructions that God gives them before they can get to this place of more than enough that they need to do, that they need to to implement, if you will, to receive the blessing that God has in store for them. So today, I just want to share three simple things as we look at this text before us that if we can learn to obey God and apply these principles in our lives, we can transition ourselves individually, corporately as a body, and as a ministry to that place of more than enough. Does anybody want to go this morning? Come on, say amen. So look with me. Go with me now. Go with me to the book of Joshua. Let's look with me at um, verse 2. I want to begin at verse 2 at, of chapter 5 in the book of Joshua. It begins by saying, at that time... The Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and he circumcised the Israelites at Gibeath Ha'araloth. Let me read it again. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeath Ha'araloth. Come on, say with me. Say, do it again. Everybody got to say, say, do it again. Come on, say, do it again. Now, put the first slide on the scene. I want you all to walk to this. Now, listen to me. Before you can enter your season of more than enough, you must be willing to cut some things away. I need, I need just two more amens. Just two more, two more, two more. Come on, yeah. You must be willing to cut some things away if you're going to get to this place of more than enough. Now, let me, let me walk you through the text so you can kind of hear and see and understand what's going on. And here it is that, that God says now to Joshua, Joshua, I need you to circumcise again, circumcise again. And then he says the Israelites. Now, what you need to know about circumcision in the Old Testament, circumcision was a covenantal right that God, as a, a mark of a covenantal right that God used to symbolize that the select people or the Israelites were in relationship with him. 
Now, I find it striking that God would use the symbol of circumcision as a covenant, but what the symbol of circumcision symbolized was a cutting away of, especially in the male, um, certain parts of their sexual organ, which has to do with them maintaining themselves pure in the presence of God. So in the Old Testament, circumcision was a symbol of salvation. Are you with me? It was a symbol of the fact that I belong to God and it was a mark to the individual that God had you and you were in covenantal relationship with him. But in, in the sense, in the, in, the, in the symbolic sense, it means a removal of or a separation from things that could hinder us from being all that God would have this to be. So he says to the Israelites, I need you, look at verse uh, 2. He says, at that time the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made what? What's that term? Flint knives and he did what? Come on, say he did what? He circumcised again. Very, very important for you to understand that because here's the thing that as we now as a ministry have exited that place where we were last year or in subsequent years and as we prepare to move to the place where God would have us, listen to me carefully. We have developed bad traits, bad attitudes, bad things. A whole lot of baggage have come along the way. And so there comes a point in time before you can make that transition to that place where God ultimately has called you to be. Some things need to be removed so you can get to where God would have you to be. Come on, let's be honest with ourselves this morning. There are some of you in here that, the, that there's been things in your life that have been blocking you from making the shift. And, and, and everywhere you go, that thing seems to be following you. And you cannot make the transition to receive the blessing that God has in store for you. I stand before you today that before you can make that shift to the season of more than enough, a cutting away must take place. You got to let some things go. Come on, come on, come on. You got to let some, turn it real quick and say, neighbor, I hope I don't have to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, come on, y'all. Because, because there's some folk that are hanging around you that don't, come on, I wish I had. There's some people that are there that really don't need to be in your life, okay? Now, now, go back to the text. Let me just walk you through this. I won't be long this morning, okay? And now look at verse 4. Then I want to put, I'm going to get to the second thing in a little while. Look at verse 4. Now, this is why he did so. This is why God told Joshua to circumcise again. Watch the text. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. Let me read verse 5. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had what? Put the next one on the screen. I want you all to see this real quick. Let's look at this, okay? The reason for the circumcision is to prevent your future from being tainted with sins of the past. Look, look, at, look at verse, look at verse 4. This is why God said Joshua to do so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, 
they died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. And all the people that came out had been circumcised. But all the people born in the wilderness during the journey had not been circumcised. Now, here's the thing I want you all to understand with me. Please understand with me, when God said to Moses to go to Pharaoh to tell him to let my people go, Moses goes to Pharaoh, and remember with me, Moses' fear in approaching Pharaoh was the fact that Pharaoh knew Moses. Oh, don't act like you didn't know that. Don't forget, there was a, a wanted sign posted all over the Egyptian empire with Moses' picture on it. He was a fugitive. You, you all know this quite well. He had committed certain sins in Egypt, and those sins had caused Moses now to be on the run in the wilderness. Now, all of a sudden, here he is leading some, and some commentator says some 6 million, it could be 2 million to 6 million Jews out of the wilderness. And here Moses is now leading these people to the promised land. And you remember with me, God's word to Moses after the expedition was Moses you're not going to go in I'm going to raise up Joshua to take him in now here's the problem with, the, with what I'm sharing with you Joshua inherited Moses's folk and so now all these people old and new that are following Joshua half of them or more than half are based on Moses's regime so here is the rumor in the camp that crazy Moses has us out here and we should have been in by now if he was a good leader. Come on, talk to me. Matter of fact, got us out here and I doubt seriously if he knows what he's doing. I doubt seriously if he has the ability to get us there. New people come on the scene. And so now the new people, they're trying their best to follow Joshua. But the old folk, we've been here before. I've seen this very spot. And about 20 years ago, we were right here. And I heard that same word. And we ain't made it in yet. Don't act like you don't have folk in your life. Talk to me, y'all. Let's be honest here. Don't act like you don't have Moses' people Come on, that are spreading rumors that are hindering you from getting. And, and so, so here's the point. And, and, and Joshua is trying to lead God's people to where God would have them to go. But he has a difficult time leading because every time he tries to make a move based on what God says, you've got the old folk trying to taint the new people with the old stuff to try to stop them from getting to where God would have them to go. So God says, listen, Joshua, before you go into the land of promise, you've got to cut. I wish I had two You've got to cut some stuff off because I am not going to take you into a new place of blessing with old stuff being tagged alone. Oh, I know y'all don't like me. I know, but I want y'all to hear me. I want y'all to hear me. As we transition to the season of more than enough, I'm trying to tell you people, you're going to have to cut some things off in your life. You're going to have to let some naysayers go. You're going to have to release some people who are trying to keep you tied to yesterday. God is doing a new thing. Come on, do I have any witnesses in here? Maybe, maybe, maybe you've never had a person talk about you. 
Maybe it's just me and maybe it's just one or two of us in here. But, but if there's one thing that will stop you from getting into to your tomorrow, it's people that will try to turn you around and keep you in your past. I need somebody here to know that who I was yesterday is not who I am today. I need somebody in here to know that the things I did yesterday are not necessarily the things I'm doing today, nor am I going to do tomorrow. The God who brought me out from yesterday has me into today, and that same God is going to take me into my tomorrow. If that's your mindset, there's going to have to be some cutting off. And there's nothing worse than people trying to hang on to your yesteryear. Come on, y'all. And the sad commentary about that is the church is more guilty. You trying to lead. You trying to say, thus said the Lord. But didn't he say that? Didn't we do that like four years ago? That's why the text says in verse 2, circumcise again. <laughs> do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And sometimes you need to just keep doing it over and over and over and over again till where it just gets to you and God. To where you can hear from God for yourself. To get to that place where God would have you to go. Nothing worse than yesteryear keeping you into your past. Now look at verse 5. It says, all the people who had come out, all the old folk, had been circumcised. But all the ones born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. <laughs> Put that next reason on the screen here. The people to be circumcised, the text says, were the sons born in the desert. Here's what strikes me about that that I'm going to move. I want to say one thing about that. There's nothing worse than new people coming into your life. Fresh relationship. Don't know nothing about who you were, what you did, where you've done. And then all of a sudden you meet them the next day and they're cold towards you. And you're like, what, what just happened? Well, they ran into a person with an Egyptian mindset. <laughs> so here's what God is saying. And listen to me what I'm saying to you people. When people encounter you, don't be guilty of letting them see what they heard about you. When people encounter you, don't let them be guilty of seeing what they heard about you. Here's the forward progress. What you did last night, as of right now, doesn't matter anymore. I'm trying to encourage somebody in here, okay? What you did yesterday, as of right now, it doesn't matter anymore, okay? So when they see you this afternoon at 11.30 or 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock, let them see somebody different. Are you with me? Let them hear somebody different because we're going to begin the process of conducting some circumcision to cut some things off so we can get to where God would have us to go. Does that make sense? Watch this. Joshua, don't circumcise the old folk. You can't do nothing about that. But it's the new ones. 
and, and a lot of us waste a lot of time trying to convince people who lived in Egypt with us that we're different. You're wasting time. Just, just leave them alone. They're not going in know-how. And the people you meet tomorrow, let them see. I wish I had. Come on, y'all. I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. Don't, don't write messages for the people in yesterday. Don't waste time with that. Let, let, here's how Matthew puts it. Let your light shine that when they see you, they're going to say, what's so different about him? Well, you encountered God and you are a different person. So as it relates to circumcision, just the new people that you encounter, let them see something different about you. Are you with me? Now jump up, put the third one, the next one on the screen. I want y'all to walk through this real quick. Now, now, this is very, very important. Very, 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 very important. I'm giving y'all some basic principle. Joshua was responsible for the circumcising. Joshua was responsible for the circumcising. Joshua was responsible for the circumcising. One more time. Joshua is responsible for the circumcisers. Joshua was responsible for the circumcising. Not Joshua's mama. Not Joshua's wife, not Joshua's eldership. Very, very important principle. God released the word in Joshua's life, and Joshua was responsible to take ownership to begin the process of change. Go like this. And, and let me jump you all ahead into a couple of weeks and where this whole series is going. If you have a bill, let me get personal. If you have a $400 cable bill, do not tell nobody how broke you are. Heck, let me get even more personal with the one eyed demon. If you have a $500 cell phone bill, you go like this. Nobody in here has that. But, but I'm going to be very practical with you. Joshua is responsible for the state of the Israelites. As the leader, like the kids would say, as you are the boss of you, <laughs> you are responsible. Don't, don't, pastor, can you tell him for me? No. I have to do it for myself. Let me go here. If there's a stronghold, if there is something that is attached to you that you can't shake, God is calling each and every person in here individually to deal with it so we can get to that season of more than enough. Come on, say, I have to do it. Say it again. Say, I have to do it. Come on, it's just making sense. Now, now look with me at verse 5. Let's go to the next one. All the people that had been circumcised had come out of the wilderness, but all the people born in the wilderness has not. Look at verse 6. The Israelites had moved about in the wilderness for, what's that word? 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died since they had not obeyed the Lord. Now, this one is another simple principle. Put the third one on the, the next one on the screen. This is real quick, okay? Now, there cannot be any procrastinating in obeying the command to circumcise again because it positions the one instructed for another 40 years of wilderness landing. One. Our elders spend, I'll pick on you the while, we good, right? Elderness, our elderness. Our elders went on this little four-day, is it four-day? 
fast or something like that. And so we're texting each other every so often. Hey, man, how you doing? Hanging in there? Doing okay? And everybody's like, yeah, I'm hanging in there. I'm doing good. Praying, seeking God. And you know me. Hey, D, how you doing? Y'all know D. I'm going to start tomorrow. And so there's a passage in the book of Exodus where God had sent, sent Moses um, to Pharaoh to say, um, uh, you know, the ten plagues, right? And there were frogs all over the land, all over the land. And, and uh, Moses goes to Pharaoh and he says, um, hey, God's going to send a plague. And so Pharaoh called Moses and he says, hey, Moses, I need you to talk to God to tell him to remove all these frogs because I'm sick of these frogs. Frogs are everywhere. They're in the food. They're in the oven. They're in the bed. They're in the night. I mean, everywhere I look, there's frogs all over the place. So here's Moses. Okay, Pharaoh, when do you want me to talk to God about the frogs so he can remove them? Here's what Pharaoh said. Tell him do it tomorrow. That jerk was willing to spend another night with the frog. <laughs> People, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, you cannot afford to procrastinate and position yourself to spend 40 more years. Come on, say amen. In the wilderness. Don't say, Monday morning I'll begin. Are you with me? If you don't have the discipline to start now, you won't have the discipline to start tomorrow. Come on, I want y'all to hear me. So this circumcision thing, you can't wait till a week. You, you know, you can't say, well, at least let me finish this pack or finish this box. Or let me, no, no, no. You've got to do it. Come on, say right now. Now, 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 the sad part about beginning now is that it hurts. It's painful. But if you want to get to more than enough, you must do it right now. Are you with me? Come on, say do it now. Say it again. Say do it now. Now let's look at the text. Let's look at the text. Let's keep going here. I'm almost there, okay? Um, so it says the Israelites moved about for 40 years, jumped down to verse, where, what verse is that? Six. Go, let me read six. The Israelites had moved about, I'm almost there, the land for 40 years. This thing just closed on me. I want y'all to see that. Give me a moment. And when all the men who were of military age had left Egypt had died since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that he would not see the land. He had solemnly promised their ancestors to give them a land flown with milk and holly. Verse 7. So he raised up their sons in their place. And these were the ones Joseph, I mean Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised along the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in the camp until they were healed. Now look at verse 9. Then the Lord said to Joshua, today, come on, say today. today. Say it again, say today. today. I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, so the place has been called Gilgal to this day. Verse 9 again, and I'm almost done. When the Lord, then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, so the place has been called Gilgal to this day. I want you all to look at this next thing. Go to the, the next slide real quick. Okay, watch this real quickly. Once the cutting away is complete, you can begin dealing with the shame of your past, and I call it the reproach of Egypt, and begin approaching your season of more than enough. 
not before. Once the cutting away is complete, you can begin dealing with the shame of your past and the reproach of Egypt and then begin approaching your season of enough. My problem with going into tomorrow is the memory and the shame of what happened yesterday. Anybody else in here? Are you with me? And so, so listen to this. I can't move into to my tomorrow because I have not admitted the truth of what happened yesterday. So I am skeptical as I go into my tomorrow because of memories of yesterday. Listen to what the text is saying. Joshua, I'm not going to let you take people into your place of promise until you circumcise again. Get rid of all the old stuff. Reestablish covenant. We're going to talk about this in the upcoming weeks. Get to a place where you know me afresh all over again. Get to a place where I'm God in your life. And until you do that right, you cannot go into. But then once they did the circumcision, here's what God says. After the healing. After the healing. After the healing. Not during. You just stopped yesterday, and you're waiting for God to use you today. Let me, let me back up. I'm messing with somebody. After the healing, if you're still thinking about it, you're not healed yet. After, yeah. If you can't talk about it, you're not healed yet. After the, if you see him and it still bugs you, after the yeah, 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 yeah. If, if, if every time you see his daughter, you want to take her out after, 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 after. Are, are you guys hearing me this morning? But, but it comes with a circumcision, you see. And, and, and maybe, maybe the problem with a lot of us in here is we don't know what the reproach of Egypt is. So y'all can't say amen because you can't connect to that. Egypt is symbolic of that place that had us in bondage, that place that had us ineffective where we could not do all that God would have us to do. Egypt could be the drug houses that God delivered from. Egypt could be the bad relationship that God brought us out of. Egypt could be the addiction that God took away from our life. Egypt could be anything that had us bound, that kept us in our yesteryear when we have learned to cut the thing off. Egypt could be as simple of the financial cycles that we find ourselves in. Broke but have a habit of going to the credit card for money. That could be Egypt. Moment you get out of debt. Here we go again. Egypt could be a lot of things that keeps us from going there. Once we have dealt with it, then we can move forward to our season of more than enough. Deal with Egypt. Deal with Egypt. Y'all hear me? Deal, well, with what happened in Egypt. I'm being very simple. Deal with what happened in Egypt. Don't fool yourself into thinking you're over it when you're not. Are you, are you, come on, say amen. 
We're almost done. We're almost done. I want to show you one more thing that I'm going to be done. But, but deal with it so we can move to where God would have us to go. Now watch the text. I'm going to land. Verse 10 says, on that evening, once God had rolled away the reproach, on the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. And the day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land. Unleavened bread, roasted grain. And verse 12 says, and the manna stopped the day after they ate the food from, they ate this food from the land. And there was no longer any, what? Manna for the Israelites. But that year they ate what? The produce of Canaan. Let me say this about that. Manna, now, repeat at me, say, self, I want to get to my season of more than enough. One more time, say self. I want to get to my season of more than enough. Here's what manna is. These Israelites were delivered from Egypt, eating steak and potatoes, having it made in Egypt. And then they get in the wilderness. They get thirsty. God speaks to Moses. Moses strikes the rock. Water comes out. He gives them water to drink. They get hungry and they're complaining. Key word, complaining. Key word, complaining. And so their prayer to God are not prayers of praise. It's prayers of complaint. I wish I had. Excuse the grammar. God, why is I'm always broke? God, you need to help me with this car payment. God, you need to, I can't make the mortgage tonight. God, you got to help me. And, and it's just complaint, complaint. Don't, come on, y'all. Complaint after complaint after complaint. So notice how God responds to the prayer with a manna blessing. Now, what's manna? Just enough food. Yeah. So here's our testimony after the manna blessing. Child. I was broke. I went to the mailbox and there was a check. Just enough. Man of blessing. Y'all not hearing me. Because tomorrow, here you go complaining again. How am I going to make the rent? How am I going to make, uh, you know, how am I going to pay the bill? Huh? And then you go, to, and then all of a sudden, another manna blessing comes up. And we live our life on manna blessings. God did not design us to live on manna blessings. Just enough for one day. And that's the essence of all of our prayers. God, I need. God, you've got to do. God, provide. And he just rains down manna. He just rains manna, and then here, here's how stupid we are. We go to collect the manna, and we try to save it for tomorrow, and then we go look into tomorrow, and it's gone. Manna is not designed to last you more than one day. Are you hearing me? You wonder why we're stuck? It's because we've been praying for manna, and all we get is manna. Are you hearing me? Your bank account can't grow because matter can't go in the bank. You're not hearing me. Your investment portfolio can't go because you can't use matter to invest it. Collect.
that's it, eat it, then it's gone. 1-800 calls you and takes it from you. But once they followed what God was saying, y'all not hearing me, that day, ah, January 4th, 2015, not tomorrow, because ah, that'll result in 40 more years. That day, that very day, they experienced the produce of the land. Difference between produce and manna. Manna doesn't have seed in it. You can't plant manna. You can't grow manna. Manna cannot reproduce it. Oh, I wish I had somebody up in here. It can't reproduce itself. So you're going to be stuck in the situation and in the environment. We must get the produce. Produce is designed to reproduce. It's designed to multiply. And if you want to get to more than enough, you got to live a gardener life. You can't run around collecting manna. Talk about just another. You've got to learn how to be a gardener and eat the produce. Eat the produce. Eat the pro. Come on, somebody say produce. Say it again. Say produce. Say it again. Say produce. Free. This is free. This will be part of the message. Corinthians 9. He who supplies seed. He will give you seed. Problem is, God gives us seed, and we use it like manna. Y'all can have manna all year. I'm going to the season of more than enough. Are you with me? Anybody in here going with me? As a ministry... Watch this. What we just did with Norma was we put seed in the ground. Here's the beauty of the congregation. Every person in here just put seed in Norma. So there's a harvest coming. But if you get your harvest and you go manna it, don't, don't say that word ain't working. No, it's working. It's working. But you just stuck with an Egyptian mindset that you hadn't cut some stuff off. Come on. And you're just wandering for 40 years while the rest of us are enjoying the produce. <sighs> I'm done, y'all. Hear me out. Hear me out. Where we are right now, as individuals, we don't have to be there. And I'm going to say this over and over again. I am not a prosperity teacher. I believe in the principles of God's word. Okay? And, and the truth of the matter is, you don't even have to be a Christian to apply these truths. I know some millionaires that all they do is produce their life. 
But if you're used to somebody bringing you straw to make bricks versus you go getting your own straw. Y'all miss this because, lock into this, you think it was an accident that Pharaoh took the straw away. But God was trying to pre prepare them on how to be production people. And but if you miss that, bow your heads with me. Father, you're wonderful God. Awesome God. We're going to enter a season of more than enough God because we're going to obey you. We're going to live life differently. We're going to trust you. My prayer this morning is for the person that is living with the reproach of Egypt. The person that cannot seem to circumcise that thing that has them. That person that's dealing with the failures of yesteryear. It's stopping them from going into their future. That's my prayer. Lord, like I had to deal with me all week. Patterns, cycles of iniquity that stops us from getting there. Forgive me. Forgive us as a congregation. Forgive us individually. You've come that we may have life and that more abundantly. And God, we miss that so often. And as we talk about more than enough, there's so much there to cover. So much practical principles. You expect us to have a prosperous life, but we miss it. We miss it. We miss it. We miss it. <sighs> so for that man, woman, boy, or girl, that yesterday has them bound let them know that sozo is the Greek word. Salvation carries within its confines deliverance that you can bring them out. You can deliver them. You can set them free. So today as we open this altar, if there's one that's afraid, one that don't know what tomorrow looks like. Speak, draw, bring them to a relationship with you. Bring them, God. Bring them, bring them. So we give them to you, God. To begin the process of circumcision, cutting off old ways, old language, old character traits, old behaviors, old mindset. Because your word teaches it's difficult to put new wine in old wineskin. So Holy Spirit, move in this place this morning. We give our hearts to you in your name.